Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki Master Energy Teacher, Medium, who assists clients connect to their life plan goals and manifest through thought and action the most spiritual and physical life realities. As an author of the newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided uh, Insights to Share Global Awakening, I am delighted to welcome Mary Petto, author of The Family Guide to the Law of Attraction, whose stories and research help readers understand the law of attraction, which is probably the most uh, effective way to create the best life, if you know how to use it. And it will help you uh, create your best life. It's all based in using energy effectively, lovingly, and for the purpose of improving oneself, our community, and world. Hello, Mary, and thank you for joining us on Healing from Within today. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Mary, as listeners of Healing from Within are well aware, my intuitive guests and I share intimate stories and insights into the metaphysical world of creation and possibilities for creating a life that merges our soul-based memory with our ego-based physical life reality so we may begin to know ourselves more fully and not have the physical world and its many challenges take away the magnificent personal power we all possess within. Like any game, there are rules, and we must learn to effectively use the tools of our inner wisdom along with meditation, energy healing, higher awareness, and higher consciousness of life, and in all its aspects, which make manifesting not just a possibility, but our everyday happening. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Mary Petto is going to show us how she has been leveraging the law of, law of attraction since she was a teenager and wishes to help parents and teachers help the younger generation to be aware of these universal laws before they become overwhelmed by the complicated current events happening now in our life, such as uh, the coronavirus epidemic, economic and political upheaval, decisions about their future prospects for their careers and health, among many other things. Mary, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, or event that may have signaled to them or others around them Maybe the interest, maybe the lifestyle they would embrace as an adult. For as I know that the life plan and destiny of the soul is within each human at the time of birth, uh, we have only to follow it and watch it unfolding as it leads us to the people, places, and events we must experience for refining our soul energy to higher levels of love and universal goodness so think back now what comes to mind two things come to mind one that I loved 
my childhood, and I loved everything I was experiencing, and I loved the opportunities that I was given. And I knew that what I had was special. And I never for a moment doubted that I would be continuing to lead that lifestyle, providing the same for my family. So um, I internalized fully all of the wonderful opportunities I had, particularly life at the beach. And I remember thinking that this was going to be how I was going to live as an adult and, you know, into forever. The other thing I remember is having a dream when I was about 12 about making objects move. Um, I forget the word for that. Um, oh, Trent, like, think of uh, yes, I tele, telekinesis. Right. And I remember having a dream that I could do that, and I remember learning the method about what you had to think about to make things move. And I never, you know, I woke up and I remember telling my mother about it. <laughs> and she said, write it down, write it down. You know, I, I was the, yeah, I was the same type of kid that you were. Uh-huh. When I saw the teleporter in, um, what was the show then, Star Trek, which I was always uh-huh. fascinated with, I said, whatever the mind can think, they can, we can do. I know that's a possibility. You see, we already had a soul awareness that there was no time or space, that we were powerful manifestors mm-hmm. uh, of our thoughts. And somehow mm-hmm. we knew it. We didn't really understand it, but something mm-hmm. within us knew it. And I like the story that you tell when you were 15, uh, that you were at a summer camp, and you had mm-hmm. decided to, you were going to become someone new, more confident and more in control of what you wanted. And you wanted to be popular and you wanted to have friends and you wanted a boyfriend. <laughs> so to do mm-hmm. that, you made a shift in perception. You thought mm-hmm. it so and it became so. And the reason I'm really, <laughs> I like that story so much is because when I was 15, I, I was going on 16, I became a CIT or a counselor in training, and I was away from home for the first time. I was supposed to be 17. They thought I was 17, but I was a little younger. I was a high school. I had skipped a year um, because I was a gifted child, and I, I was a year ahead of myself. So there was a counselor in charge of the horses and agriculture. He was about 22. He was in college. And he was going with the most popular girl in the camp. And secretly, I thought he was very attractive. I never really had a boyfriend yet. So when he broke up with her and he walked over to me at the campfire, I was pretty mystified because I Mm -hmm. said, how did this happen? And now I realize my thought Mm -hmm. and intention was to get to know him because I thought he was very special better and I sent that thought up into the universe and uh, (laughs) like you we we manifested that but I didn't know at the time how it really happened and I've been doing that all my life well now the last 25 years 
I've been uh, very aware of all the energetic laws because I'm a Reiki master teacher. But at that time, I was still doing it. I had a thought in my head, and I, and it always happens. And they were good yeah. thoughts, and they were thing, they were thoughts that helped me and other people because I always wanted to help other people be happier and and transcend the problems that they had. So uh, uh-huh. it was a very good thing that happened. So let's get on to what is the law of attraction, and how can it help children and young adults? thrive well so the law of attraction is the universal natural universal law that says we attract to us that that is a vibrational energy match with our thoughts and emotions and so with that natural law of the universe everything that we get or are experiencing is because of our own thoughts and emotions. And whether they're tied to fear or excitement or just love and gratitude, it's always happening. And it's not something that you have to believe in to experience because it is always happening. But the advantage of the situation is that now that we know this rule that what we think and what we feel creates an energetic spark because we are molecular beings um, with these electromagnetic impulses running through us, um, we can leverage this information and use it to our advantage. And when we can teach this next generation, and I'm talking about middle school, high school, college, young adults, that they have the power to experience Experience the outcomes that they want, and whether that's in their relationships or it's in their grades or job opportunities, um, any experiences at all, any relationships at all, when they know that they have the power to affect the outcome, and yes. even better, that they are affecting the outcome, yes, then I, they are set you, to thrive into adulthood. Yes, and, and you talk about many experts in the book who uh, have explored the important connections between between the mind and body from science and psychology and modern-day life coaches and the great philosophers. And there's agreement on, on a few matters, that thoughts create things, your thoughts attract the people and situations that vibrate at the same frequency, energy flows where your intentions send it, or where your intentions go, and you have enormous healing potential, and the goal is learning to access it. Uh, and now you talk about um, to ask, believe, and receive, and these are the important words to remember. But you also talk about some some of the people that have uh, looked at uh, this situation: uh, Albert Einstein, Descartes. Niels Bohr, Dr. Mm-hmm. Fred Allen Wolf, and uh, tell us something about some of their thoughts. Well, I think the most significant finding, you know, it used to be, you know, at the beginning of, you know, the history as we have it recorded, that scientists looked at everything mathematically, that everything kind of works like clockwork, like a machine. And there was a complete 
separation of anything having to do with our consciousness. And it was Descartes, who was a mathematician but also a philosopher, said, well, you know, he accepted all of this mathematical explanation of how the world works, but he couldn't wrap his arms around where does, but we're thinking beings, we have imaginations. Where does that fall into any math? Um, and he was the one that coined the phrase, I think, therefore I am. So he was really, you know, trying to join together these thoughts of spirit and science. Yes. And um, where it where it all came together was, you know, more modern science, right? When we talk about Albert Einstein, and he discovered that the the common, what was the common string here, was that the science of matter is that matter is energy, and what we perceive as solid creations, our desk, our friends, um, our home, the food that we eat, are really just packets of energy moving at certain frequencies and working with our interpretation and our perceptions. And while that is kind of complicated, all it means is that because everything is energy, we really do have an effect on what we can co-create with the quantum field. And so, you know, over time, and if you looked back at our common religions, um, you know, Christianity, all the major religions at their core really had this sort of substance of working with the quantum field, whether it was through prayer or through giving or through gratitude, that all of these things that raise our vibration actually help our experiences. So that really is like the theme for the doubters out there that say, I only believe in science. When you can connect the science to the belief system, you really are in that sweet spot where you can start creating things in your life. Yes, you can't really understand this until you understand that you're a, a spiritual being having a physical life and all these great scientists or psychologists or philosophers, whatever, or medical people came like Rene Descartes to understand uh, that the best way to understand how the world works is to divide existence into two parts, the objective or material world governed by science and the subjective world of the mind and soul which, as you said, religion uh, was trying to show us. But you can't really understand it all till you bring it all together. So a well-balanced mm-hmm. person is someone who is able to use their heart and soul and their ego-based mind reality to create and manifest with the law of attraction everything that they were born to do. I believe our soul comes in and it has a destiny or life plan. And if you learn how to use the law of attraction, meditate, pray, whatever way you connect to energy and are in alignment with the universe, you can do all these wonderful things. Now, mm-hmm. you, you also said, well, Dr. Fred Wolf said, as you said, everything in the world is of atoms. Atoms are made of energy. And energy is influenced by consciousness or the universal source. Now, many years ago, in the year 2012, 
well, it wasn't that many years ago, um, when everybody thought there was going to be a cataclysmatic happening, everyone was so uh-huh. afraid because the Mayans had pre- predicted something. I was at a spiritual psychic development with advanced practitioners of metaphysic theories, and we were guided, there were 12 of us, and we were guided into a deep meditation, and we were asked to ask a single question of the universe. So I asked, what's going to happen to humanity in 2012? And all of a sudden, I felt myself as a single atom in the dark skies of the universe, nobody, but yet I was me, Cheryl Glick, all consciousness. And for a moment I was frightened and I pulled myself out of the meditation because I had no idea where I had traveled to. But actually now I know I didn't travel there at all. I've been there all the time. We all are within our energy is where we came from, the creative force, and here at the same time with our mind creating everything that's going on because we are those quantum energy packets. And that's what Mm -hmm. I I was feeling. I didn't understand it at the time. But there was another woman in the group, and she had a very similar vision, and she suggested that it meant humanity would become aware of the soul or energetic part of themselves, and there would be a spiritual evolution for humanity. So I liked her version better than the idea that we would all return to spirit from where we had originated from. (laughs) Right. <laughs> it was a better way, and it's just what has happened. I think we're very, that's right. Yeah, we're very much there. We're woke. We're woke. Well, I don't like to use the term woke. I think we're awakened. We're awakened to our true being. Woke people seem to have a political agenda. Uh, I don't have any political agenda, and many spiritual people do not have any political agenda. They just want people to use the power of the universe and a connection and alignment to creative forces to, to make this world a better place. So woke is a political term. Awakened may be a spiritual term. So let's go on to, there are amazing stories in your book about kids uh, that you've worked with and seemingly miraculous situations they manifested. So there's the story of Trina, who was in fourth grade and had some trauma with some bullies, two girls who had been her friends. You want to tell us about that and how she handled it? Sure. Yes. Um, And so I have come across so many different people from different walks of life and different experiences and um, you know, and, and one of the reasons why my story about Trina and my work with her, um, just I love this story so much because as adults, even when we're in our worst situations, um, you know, we're still, even when we feel like all hope is lost, way in the back of our mind, we know that we do have some control over a situation, that we can make choices, that we have that kind of freedom. Whether we are afraid of those things or not is another story. But kids do not have that privilege. They do not feel that they have control, especially, you know, when we're talking about that sort of 9 to 15-year-old set. They don't feel like they have, they're, they're, 
you know, they're victims of their circumstances. They have to go to school. They have to sit where the teacher tells them, right? They have right. to do their yeah. homework. They have to have to. And so with Trina, um, and, and kids' issues, of course, are, are fundamentally, for the most part, very different than when we're adults. And the things that they want to manifest are very, very different. But so important, right? They're at the core. This is when they're developing their belief system. So Trina, uh, a nine-year-old girl, she had two girlfriends. They were her best friends. And, and overnight, and this is a story that we've all heard or experienced or known someone who's experienced, you know, they turned on her. They yeah. just decided she was out. And what was worse was they they sort of gathered the other girls and sort of brought them into this fold of being anti-Trina. And so while Trina was a, a, a beautiful little girl and was really good at school, she suddenly went from enjoying going to school, from being really unhappy. Nobody would sit with her at lunch. Nobody would talk to her sort of between the class break. You know, she was all alone, and she, she had done nothing, right? Yeah. And so what she really wanted, and, and this is the first key, you know, so in this system that you learn, you learn this, and when you read The Secret or watch the movie, ask, believe, and receive. So that ask piece is getting clarity on what you want. What is this outcome that you want? And for Trina, she wanted those bullies to disappear. She just wanted them to go away. Because she felt that if they were gone, then her life, she would feel more freedom. She would have her friend, you know, the other kids. She would have more of an opportunity to be authentically her. And, of course, that's me putting, explaining it in adult terms. But that's, she wanted her bullies to disappear. And so when I worked with her, when I coached her, and this was just one session. And this is the beauty, by the way, of working with kids. While they may, very, they may be very traumatized by their situations, they don't carry years and years and years of baggage with them. So when they want to adopt a new mindset or understand they have Harry Potter-like powers, yeah. um, they're ready to roll. You know, yeah. they're ready to roll, and they're ready to internalize the instructions that you provide and the guidance that you're giving them so that they can use their power. And for her, it was all about visualizing what it would be like to show up at school and those two girls were just gone. What would it feel and like? Then she getting could, her arms and then she could get together uh, with friends again because that's what she really that's wanted. Right. She just wanted to be accepted like everybody wants to be accepted. And it happened and then it happened, and then she started to tell stories and talk to the girls at the in the lunchroom, and she saw she was accepted, and 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 she went back to being a happy, well-adjusted child. So let's go on to at what age? Well, you, at any age, I guess, kids can begin to understand it. But what are some of the activities that they can do? I did one of these with my granddaughters. Uh, we made bookmarks, gratitude bookmarks. I went over this with, after reading your book, I went over this with my grandchildren because I talk about it in many different ways to them, but I wanted them to have some practical ways to look at this. So tell us, mm -hmm. what are some activities you can do with children 
to get them to start to be aware of how they're creating and and appreciating life and being content with life and and not being fearful to appreciate the better things in their life. That's right. So, um, you know, the gratitude practice um, is is pretty important. But to take the gratitude, so yes, we start bookmark. Um, the bookmark exercise is a great place to start because if you're going to use your bookmark while you're reading the book, especially if you're sharing the book among your family, that's a great place to put your sort of highest level, what am I grateful for? And then every time you open that book, there's your bookmark, and it's right in your face. But to take this to another level, incorporate this into a practice, you know, to sort of end the day thinking about, an, you know, where you want to um, no, you know, thinking about what you can appreciate that happened to you in the day, in that very day. So instead of, it's not instead of, but in addition to always sort of thinking how grateful you are, to come at the end of the day where inevitably things have gone wrong, a grade, your grades weren't good, or there was an argument, or your teacher annoyed you, but, but also more importantly to focus on, well, what went right today? What was funny today? What kind of progress did I make today? What did I get a good grade on? What did somebody compliment me on today? And sort of ending that day, instead of focusing on what went wrong, focusing on what went right. And in so doing, you're sort of you're raising your vibration. So when mm-hmm. you think about what you want and you decide what you want, you are vibrationally open to that quantum field. So starting with that end-of-day practice, of what was good about today and what do I appreciate today and what am I grateful for in today and what am I excited about for the next day. And again, so it's that same, uh, you know, oh, I hate going to school, I'm not looking forward to it, I can't stand a teacher, but forget that. Let's focus on what you can look forward to in the next morning. And getting into that, you're literally doing that sort of karate kid repetition yep. of, what what happened that was great today, and what am I looking forward to tomorrow? And you're you're wiring yourself for seeking out all that is positive. So you're not necessarily brushing things away, but raising your vibration. And the more you can appreciate, as you know, the more there will be to appreciate. That's just the way the field works, and that's the way the law of attraction works. Great. Now, very briefly. What do you want readers to take away with them after reading the Family Guide to the Law of Attraction? I want people to know that they can create the life that they want, that they can manifest the situations, the people, the stuff that they want to bring into their lives because life is happening for them and not to them. And in our relationships within our family or our tribe or our bowling team or our book club or whoever is reading this book together, that they can help each other keep their vibration expanded and always deciding what they want next and what they want to have and and what they want to experience. They can help each other stay in this great awakened state. I agree with you. Absolutely. No one is a victim and no one is a hostage. Life is a beautiful gift when you understand how to live the life of energy with the law of attraction. 
So I want to thank you, Mary Petto, author of The Family Guide to the Law of Attraction, for sharing a practical, simple way for our children and young adults or anyone to begin to understand energy vibration and how thought creates what we bring into our lives and how to begin to improve our mindset for a more prosperous, happy, and creative life of manifesting. To purchase this book, go to Amazon.com. Yes, or they can go to PortableVisions.com to learn more about the Law of Attraction and um, all things you can do with your vibrational energy. Great. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, Mary and I have shared our wondrous journey of discovering that we are spiritual beings having a physical life and matter and energy are interchangeable as we live in a body or not in a body, in an eternal world of dimensions, of varying vibrations of thought and creation. Uh, From mind and learning to relax becomes an important aspect to achieving our goals and desires. And Mary writes, the most important rule about step two, believe is to really believe the universe is listening to you. If you know that the universe has what you want and is going to give it to you at some point, you don't cry, stress, strain, or struggle trying to get that thing. If you are anxious and working hard to manifest what you want, you are not believing that it's coming to you by way of the law of attraction. The only emotions around what you're feeling should be joy because the only thing you believe is that you've already magically manifested what you wanted. Mary and I, and all the scientists and writers we have mentioned in today's discussion, have had the courage to question their own mind and find the self of inner being within who only desires you to ask for help, as then everything becomes possible. Open your mind and heart to knowing you are connected to all life, now and forever. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki Master Teacher, and invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read about the nature of human and divine eternal life and listen to leaders in the metaphysical, scientific, spiritual, educational, legal, and medical fields, as well as the arts and music, explore the universal source of life and living in joy, knowing who we are and where we come from. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.